0: This is Exploring Chiropractic, a journey through all of the chiropractic schools throughout the world. I'm Nathan Cashin. Thanks for joining me on another episode tonight. I am joined by two students at Northwestern University of Health Sciences out in Bloomington, Minnesota in the Midwest. So I'm excited to welcome them. First up is Andy Cook. How are you doing tonight? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me so late. It's, it's uh, about 10 o'clock for you guys.
1: It's still very exciting now.
0: And also joining us is Melissa McCraney. Yep,
2: it's. I'm excited to be here.
0: Good, thanks guys for uh, getting in touch with me or responding to my uh, stalkerish Facebook message. <laughs> 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 um, I'm excited to learn about Northwestern. Uh, I think it's, again, it's one that I've heard bits and pieces about, but I'm not super familiar. With a school, though, since I've been in school, I'm learning more and more. Because Western States, which is where I'm at, mm-hmm. kind of is, is a partner school in some ways with Northwestern. Uh, you guys are a bit more of a science-based school, I would say. Do you, do you agree with that?
2: Yes. I would completely agree with that. Yeah, definitely.
0: So if we were to put you on a spectrum of, of traditional chiropractic philosophy to more of the metapractor or... Uh, more progressive where would you guys say you fit on that spectrum?
2: The metapractor we're trained to be primary care physicians
0: yeah okay so you're just way on that end
1: you know and it's really funny though because a lot of the a lot of surveys that have been taken over the years have put northwestern somewhere near the middle maybe a little bit towards the metapractor side but it and I feel like as we've been there there's it's a lot more evidence informed than than I mean, People always complain about it not having enough philosophy, so mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know where the surveys are coming from, really.
0: <laughs> I noticed you just said evidence-informed, not evidence-based. Yeah. yeah. That's the lingo that you guys are using now as well? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: so are we. Um, I, I kind of don't like it, to be mm-hmm. honest. I'm, you know, on my podcast, when I'm interviewing other schools, I like to keep it very, you um, as, as unbiased as I can. So, you mm-hmm. know, I talk to Sherman, I talk to Life West, and I just yep. want to know what the school is like. Right. Uh, but I, I definitely am more on the evidence-based side. Mm-hmm. And I feel like evidence-informed is like, we know about the evidence, but maybe we don't use it. Or, right. I don't know. So how does it play into the curriculum at your school?
1: I'd say heavily. I mean, all of the, all of the professors that teach things other than chiropractic history will present the Evidence that supports the things that they're trying to say, be it the textbooks or, I mean, if, if they're saying something about how chiropractic affects asthma, say they're going to also give a bunch of papers that say that they're not going to you know, talk about innate <laughs> and that being the reason that it's helping,
2: basically. So,
0: so yeah. Melissa, are, is innate and subluxation, are these words thrown around a lot or are they kind of shunned?
2: They pretty much aren't used at all. The closest we got was briefly mentioned. Uh, subluxation is used more often in our, depending upon the, some of the old school docs that have been there for 30 years teaching. Mm-hmm. But they, I honestly can't say that innate, other than briefly in like a historical philosophy class, has ever been used or referenced or, Mm-hmm. Indicated within the right. clinical practice.
1: Absolutely.
0: Andy, how much history or philosophy classes do you have?
1: Well, we've had up to five, but I mean, most of them have been ethics, kind of. And like we went over the 33 principles. And, oh, you did? Yeah, we went so, over the history. I honestly didn't pay a lot of attention in that. Uh, Dish, so, on class.
2: an interesting note of that, that was actually the win. We took our Principles in Philosophy 2 class. It was taught by Dr. Myers, who was brand new to teaching this class from Palmer. Oh, yeah, She's a right. radiologist.
0: Oh, cool. Okay.
2: So she actually has no interest in philosophy. <laughs> but because she was from Palmer, they're like, oh, you're Palmer. You can teach this. <laughs> so she, the class since we have taken it has really changed into that's a it. more – yes, it has. <laughs> more purely – philosophy class and not chiropractic philosophy, which is really interesting. They're teaching students how to think critically
1: That's versus
2: just be dogmatically taught. But do we have to memorize the principles? No. Yeah. They're like, here, these are what they are. They're crazy. Enjoy.
0: Yeah, I find it so interesting. Most students at my school that I know of are – Pretty much oblivious to the 33 principles, <laughs> and so it's interesting to me that I'm pretty sure at Sherman and at Life West, probably Life, they they memorize them. Yeah. Um, and I I've tried to I, mm. I'm fairly familiar with them for having looked into it myself, but I sat down with my girlfriend, who is uh, an MD fellow, and read through them, and it was a really interesting experience. I'm hoping in in some of my after school specials on this podcast to do that with, you know, people in all healthcare fields with naturopaths, which, oh, okay. with PTs, and just see what's the perspective like. What does it mean to them? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Andy, how did you how did you get to Northwestern, and why did you choose chiropractic? You mentioned you are in your email to me an older student with an established family. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that, I mean, that's why I'm at Northwestern. Like, I feel like I was just really lucky that northwestern is the school it, it is because i mean when it gets right down to it if there hadn't been a chiropractic school in bloomington i probably wouldn't be going into chiropractic i would do something else um
0: and most so, people are in the same boat they just yeah. you know, they choose chiropractic and then they find the school closest to them mm-hmm. yep. um, and it, in your case that that worked out pretty well because it, it matched did. your it
1: matched me perfectly yeah i feel like that absolutely
0: Uh, What led you to choose chiropractic? Did you have a career beforehand?
1: Um, Well, I mean, I guess I was a courier for FedEx. So, I mean, I know what, you know, repetitive hard work does to somebody. So, I mean, I I know that chiropractic is effective for treating that sort of, any sort of repetitive injuries. I thought that I like healthcare. Um, I like using my hands and my head. So, I mean, all of these things led to a uh, I mean, it's a pretty lucky pretty lucky jump to chiropractic as far as that goes, but I mean, it worked out really well. So,
0: Did you have a, a workman comp injury or anything that led you to go to a chiropractor at first?
1: Uh, it wasn't a worker's comp injury. It was just back pain. Okay. I mean, I went to a chiropractor. I actually have been to, I had been to one chiropractor once before I started chiropractic school. So,
0: <laughs> That's more than a lot of people. I know yeah. a handful of people <laughs> really? in my class who had never had an adjustment before. Oh wow. And I, I surprising to me. I mean that's mm-hmm. great that they have you know the the certainty to pick a, a profession that they've never even experienced. But right. Some people do it and they're doing fine. They're doing really mm-hmm. well in the program. Yep. Melissa, what brought you to Northwestern? Did you have a background in health sciences?
2: I a little bit. I got a bachelor's in chemistry with the plans of going to medical school. With both my mother and my aunt being PTs, and I wanted to go the MD route. I wanted to be a surgeon, and I went and shadowed that career field, and it fell to pieces. After seeing how they handled patients, I'm like, I, I can't do that. What was it
0: about how they handled patients that you didn't like?
2: It, it was one incident where they had a patient that they gave a stage four grading of cancer and basically said we're – you have two weeks to live. And then they went to the next room. Like there was that was it. And I was just like, You just crushed this patient. How what are you doing? They're like, Well, we have more patients. We just we have to go. And I'm like, I, I can't. I can't do that.
0: Wow, that must have been just heartbreaking for that patient.
2: They were devastated. Absolutely. In tears. They came in, in tears, scared. And there was no comfort there. And I, I couldn't go into that kind of a sterile environment.
0: Mm. And did you choose Northwestern for the same reason as Andy? are you did you grow up close?
2: I did not. I grew up in first Florida, then moved to Northern Michigan in high school, and chose Northwestern purely on the science basis.
0: How much research into different schools did you do?
2: I researched probably 50% of the chiropractic colleges. I looked into Palmer, I looked into national, I looked into life, I kind of stayed into the east coast to uh, Midwest schools just because they're closer to where my family is. Okay. And this was the one that I liked the most because of the research facility that was right in our basement, still is, and uh, just some of the things that they were putting out. I liked it.
0: Yes, yeah, so I think that's what I mentioned, or what I meant when I said that Western States and Northwestern are kind of partner schools. Uh, we've got Mitch Haas, who's our head of research. You guys have, I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, it's not Bronford, it's. Um,
2: oh, uh, oh, not, Dr.
0: not Haldeman. Sh- Sh- okay. Ah, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I met him at a, at a <laughs> conference. But, but we, so we've got uh, papers, chiropractic research papers that are published together, at least mm-hmm. by, by people that work at our respective schools. Right. Um, yeah, and definitely, you know, have the science focus. So that's, that's cool. Now, Melissa, you mentioned to me that you're taking an elective that surprised me.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a new elective offered. This term is an emergency medical technician. So offered right on campus. So I'm training to be a licensed EMTB, and plan on taking my uh, state licensure for that in uh, mid-April, early May, and I'll be able to get a job as an EMT this summer to help support the the debt and start uh, working through my residency with that.
0: That is so cool. I have wanted. I've had this idea of doing. An EMT um, before I went to school, and now I'm planning on doing it afterwards. So you get to do it while you're in school. Mm-hmm. How do you think? How do you see EMT and chiropractic working together once you graduate? Uh,
2: in the clinic I'm looking at joining, it's a pediatric and sports-based clinic, where the other doc is an athletic trainer, and I would be able to go help them on the sidelines as an EMT. But then also in small rural towns, it brings you in and you're able to network better into the town to bring in more patients because you can join and be helpful than more than just a chiropractor.
0: That's awesome. That's what I have in mind as well, is working in rural communities and uh, and just kind of being that, you know, from from the acute care all the way to rehab and wellness. It's kind of what I, I'd like to do. Andy, are you doing any uh, electives like that?
1: Nothing, nothing like that. I mean, I took. Uh, i I'm, We just have required electives that are basically technique electives or or things like that. So that's essentially what I've done. Um, I, we, I haven't done a lot of things like I'm a server. That's my job to support myself. So, I mean, I'm fine with that one for now.
0: <laughs> um, which techniques does Northwestern focus on?
2: Diversified. Diversified.
0: I okay. mean,
1: we've got we've got a motion palpation and the Gonstead club, and they're pretty pretty well established clubs that do a lot. Then there's an upper cervical elective, but uh, it's mostly and diversified.
2: Mostly diversified, yeah. Uh, they're, I mean, what made it diversified is the textbook that's used by most colleges <laughs> is written by Dr. Bergman.
0: Bergman, that's the one. That's the one we use as well. And, yeah, uh, that's he us.
2: Yeah, oh, okay.
0: okay. <laughs> Co-authored with um, Peterson, yep. who yep. was at my school. Oh, yeah? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fun. so
2: we have the Bergman half of the textbook.
0: Right, yeah. right. And I've got the Peterson, and we are told for every adjusting class to go out and buy that book, and the teachers ask, how many of you own it? And I'm, I'm one of maybe three that raise my
2: hand. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am the other one of the three in my yeah. class.
0: How heavily do your do your lectures, your professors, rely on textbooks versus their own printed notes or PowerPoints?
2: Class dependent, I would say. Mostly, it's notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been uh, physiology was heavily textbook, but uh, the upper level courses are mainly uh, notes. I would say.
0: What's uh, Andy? What's been one of the highlights of the program so far for you?
1: Um, honestly, the internship, like I've, I'm having more fun now than I, I mean, like I really, I took a lot out of the methods classes. I really took a lot out of some of our more specialty uh, um, uh, PT classes and neurodiagnosis classes. I really, really enjoyed those and they kind of informed the way that I'm headed in practice. But I really, I mean, there's nothing that beats the, the internships now
0: so that's working in the campus clinic
1: you know i'm actually i'm in a community-based internship so i'm out of the school now i I worked i worked in the
0: university clinic
1: last trimester and i'll be out of the school for the rest of the for the rest of chiropractic school so
0: okay yeah that's Mm -hmm. similar i think to what i've heard from other schools you treat other students first you yeah, and make sure you're not going to kill anybody, right. Because they're expendable, and then you can move it out to see real <laughs> patients, I guess. Yes,
1: absolutely, and then people end up trusting us with the patients that are paying them. So, you know,
0: right, right. That's that's another point. You got to give them quality if they're paying oh, for yeah. it. Absolutely. Uh, I want to know a little more about the campus. What's what's the first thing you see when you come to campus in the morning?
1: An old middle school. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is that what it is? Yes. It
2: is. Uh, it's been added
1: of, to, but it's an old middle school.
2: The old dean, who has now gone back to teaching, who is the president of faculty senate, Dr. DeVries, went to this school as an elementary school student, then as a chiropractic student, and now works there as a professor, and did her <laughs> oh my gosh, you're residency in radiology there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then her parents' old house is the alumni house currently.
0: Oh, wow talk about connections that go way back. Right. That's a little bit awkward to be, to be honest <laughs> with you. But that's interesting. It's it's funny. I was just talking to someone at Southern California. Theirs is an old high school. Oh, yeah. Western States was an old Catholic girls' school. Oh, sure. Uh, Logan's library, at least, was an old Catholic monastery. Nice. Which is oh, kind of cool because cool. they've got this beautiful stained glass in their library. Oh, yeah. Um, but not uncommon for a school to... to you know, repurposed buildings that are out there. Absolutely. Uh, but how are the facilities? Um, are I they fairly very... well kept? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I
1: mean, they've the auditorium is garbage. It's really hard to sit in there for a really long time. But, uh, but once you get out of there after your first year, I'd say, then you get into decent lecture halls, and then uh, the labs are all good. They're all new, though, so...
0: Is the auditorium where you have your first classes?
1: Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's like 120 people in the auditorium and a teacher in front of the podium. It's kind of like a traditional lecture hall sort of setting.
2: But that's only so, for fall start classes. The winter start terms are in the small lecture halls from the get-go because they're generally 40 to 50 students.
1: Right, that's true.
2: Sounds
0: about similar, yeah, okay. So you can start in the fall with a large class mm-hmm. or you can start in the winter with a smaller group. Yep. Do you guys notice a difference between those cohorts um, in in motivation, in grades, anything like that?
1: I don't pay attention to other people's cohorts to be honest, so I don't know. But
2: uh, I'm I, forced, I, I feel I'm like forced this to pay is, attention to them.
1: The I mean, the way I see it, it seems like they're tighter maybe. I see I see larger groups of them being closer together than maybe No, not so much.
2: <laughs> it, it, it depends upon the cohort, uh, so currently on our student senate, I'm the vice president of chiropractic, so I am I work within all the cohorts to make sure that they're ac- getting their academics they need, they have the commu- it's connections between the administration and everything. Uh, but the smaller start, I feel like they feel more pressure to stay on top of their academics because if they try to split a term because they're overwhelmed because of the credit load, they have to wait until the next fall to catch up because there's there's that gap since we don't have a summer start so fall we can easily fall back and not have any real big detriments and we'd fall back one term versus them falling back two terms so I feel less of them split they push harder to stay on top of their academics and such
0: can students split split any trimester Yes. Oh, interesting. And you've done that? Is that is that what no. you said? You oh, you you didn't?
2: No, I started with the fall class and have stuck it out. It's a it's a choice because we take between twenty five and twenty seven credits each term, and that can be a bit overwhelming, especially uh, trimester two is a heavily split class because of, you know, you're taking histo, you're taking anatomy, you're taking physiology, you're taking biochemistry, you're taking. Um, Bunch, uh, just twenty-seven credits worth of chaos, and some of the professors are very challenging. And just to survive, sometimes you don't have a choice, especially with families.
1: Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the students that have families ended up being splits.
2: So,
0: yeah, I ended up taking a split, and I'm so glad I did. I'm Absolutely. taking an extra master's degree at the okay. same time, sports medicine, which okay. is the only reason I decided to. But man. I would have been miserable. I was miserable before I started that. I
1: can imagine so. <laughs> uh,
0: so I'm, I'm glad that I'm doing that. Um, now, Northwestern is a university, like a lot of chiropractic colleges, um, but it, it first and foremost is a chiropractic college, is that right, or ha, did they grow into another university?
2: We were first and foremost a chiropractic college, and then in the Uh, Late 90s, they began the College of Chinese Acupuncture and Herbal Medicine and the Massage Therapy Certificate, and so they became a university, but they're trying to even out the playing field, even though the majority of the student population is chiropractic.
0: So you can take acupuncture classes as a chiropractic student?
1: No. Or is that only... No, there's a chiropractic elective. There's a chiropractic (laughs) acupuncture elective, but I don't think you can jump between schools like that.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: I would say there's probably a lot of similarity from from what I've seen. There's a decent amount of similarity between some of the classes that the chiropractic and the Chinese medicine would would take as far as um, they might be a little bit pared down in that school versus chiropractic. I'm not certain on that, but it's my assumption, I guess.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, Do they have any other programs? uh, They have an undergraduate program for
1: basically finishing up prerequisites and stuff like that as well.
0: Right. So you don't have to have a a bachelor's to start uh, at the school?
1: Correct. It's it's like three and a half semesters of school or something like that is what it ended up being.
0: Okay. Very cool. Are there any... um, postgraduate or, or diplomat programs going on. Uh, Melissa. Yeah. Yeah. Melissa, is it you that's interested in radiology?
2: I am. Uh, I am. So they have a sports fellow that they just started. And with our new Dean starting next week, who is a radiologist, I'm hoping by November to have put in a proposal for, uh, radiology, Residency, but I'm currently actually applying to NYCC and Palmer.
0: Mm-hmm. You don't want to come out to Western States and Portland, do our, our radiology residency?
2: So the, I, I'm honestly probably going to pick Palmer, and it's a really shallow reason. And that's because my soon-to-be husband can't move.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so he's going to be staying here in Minnesota while I go do a residency for three years.
0: Wow, okay. That'll be a challenging few years, won't it?
2: We're used to it.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm interested in radiology, but I've decided I, I'm i going to practice for five years before I decide to go into it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like, I don't know, I think because everything's going digital, I love the idea of being able to live up in the mountains and do consulting as a chiropractic radiologist. I don't know. <sighs> Absolutely. All right. Well, let's see. What else shall we chat about the school? What's What's the area around the school like? Are you in residential area? Or are you right in the middle of the
2: city? Residential.
1: Yeah, it's residential. It's in the suburbs. It's the suburb of Minneapolis-St. Paul, so it's it's first ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the twin cities are like fifteen minutes away. So you have downtown Minneapolis about 15 minutes away. And there's, I mean, that's a metropolitan city, so. I
0: mean, okay, so you can easily enjoy the city life if you'd like. Oh, yeah.
1: and, and there's there's a lot of culture in, in Minneapolis. So, I mean, there's plenty to do right there. there. And
0: Andy, do you have kids? I do. How is the city for them? Are there uh, great opportunities?
1: I mean, there's no end of things to do for kids. Like we've never found, there's, I don't know, probably half a dozen theaters that I can think of off the top of my head that you can take the kids to. There's two art museums that you can take the kids to. Then there's a science museum 20 minutes away in downtown St. Paul. Like there's no end of stuff to do.
2: And the Mall of America is. Uh,
0: Oh, that's right. I had forgotten about that. Uh, Thankfully. Is that still the largest in the U S or is it no longer?
2: It's not, but once they complete the addition that they're currently adding, it will be.
0: <laughs> They're trying to one-up each other again, just filling up. Just like the towers. It's a, in the it's a source of
1: pride that swells my heart every time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Let me ask a few uh, quick questions. We'll try to keep the answers as, as quick as we can. Um, let's see. How prepared did you feel for boards?
1: Um, prepared enough that I didn't study for two um,
0: you didn't study at all?
1: Not for two, no, and okay. not really a lot for three. No. Um, I, I feel fine with it. Like, I, mm-hmm.
0: I need to did pass. Did you guys take PT? That's fine.
1: Mm-hmm. What's that?
0: Did you take the physiotherapy boards?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just did that last week, and I thought it was one of the easiest tests that I've taken.
1: Yep, absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah,
0: I studied for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, um, let's see. Uh, wh- which is your favorite extracurricular club, or it can be a technique club, just which club, Andy, do you spend the most time in?
1: Um, I, I spent the most time in motion palpation club, I feel like that really helped out my adjusting, but I haven't, I'm off campus now, except for one day a week, so I haven't done any clubs for, I don't know, I'm excited there, they started a R2P club, so I'm going oh, to yeah, we get more involved in that, possibly as a doctor outside of school, but
0: Oh, very cool. We've got one of those going. Possible. Yeah. Yeah. Rehab's kind of the big thing. Lots of buzzwords going around.
1: Yeah, that's uh, probably the resident. That's uh, the uh, diplomate that I will be going for after I'm done with chiropractic. So.
0: Okay. What is that called? Diplomate. Uh, uh
1: DACRB.
0: Right. So it's
1: okay. A of American Chiropractic Rehabilitation Board.
0: So. I always get the confused with the DACBAR, which is the board. For that's
1: radiology. the radiologist one. Yeah. yeah.
0: So confusing. Melissa, Mm -hmm. which is your favorite club?
2: I don't know if it's a favorite, but it kind of has enveloped most of my time, which is the Student Senate, but then I'm involved in, through that, everything. So I'm almost at every club event still. I'm at almost every meeting, so, and it's given me access to things on campus, to bring things on campus that not necessarily, or prevent things from coming on campus that aren't necessarily needed
0: okay um do you guys have business classes mm-hmm.
1: if you yeah. can call them that
0: how many classes do you have that are called it's, business classes
1: yeah. yeah one per trimester
0: wow really yeah but it's not in depth what, what kind uh, of stuff you cover
1: it's about as in depth as it can be because it's half a trimester every year or every trimester it's about half of it the guy's hey, a really good business guy, but he has his way, and he really feels like most people should do his way, and so he okay. didn't really go
0: too far into other ways, yeah. like
1: brush over insurance stuff, and brush over this and that, but mm. new cash practice.
0: Our only class so far has been uh, billing and coding for insurance. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing we've done. So better than better than even half a trimester is better than nothing. Absolutely. Um, all right, Melissa. What if what is one thing you would change about the school?
2: I would change the business classes. <laughs> it's been a huge pet peeve, uh, pet peeve of mine. It's, it's not a business class for me personally. Looking at it, uh, on a second one, I'd probably. I like geriatrics, and I really hate our geriatrics class. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but that's just a. Yeah. I mean, overall, the school's good and trains us to be phenomenal doctors. And they're they're just little tiddly things that.
0: Okay. I don't know. Andy, is there one thing you would change?
1: I would have loved to have a consistent dean and president. <laughs> like, <laughs> All of these changes happened during, uh, it seems like a lot of the changes that are happening in the school, which are for the better, I might add, are happening like the trimester after hours. So, how many getting, times
0: have they changed? For, uh, we've had, years? what
1: have we had, like three deans or something uh, like that? So, if we, we started with Dr.
2: DeVries, then we had, okay, so we started off with Dr. DeVries, and then she stepped down to go back to the classroom. Then we had, int- uh, Dr. Stark, who then switched to the Human Performance Institute. Then we had interim dean Dr. Wiles, who is doing both provost and dean. Then we had Dr. Elkington, who is both doing chair of a chair of one of the educational departments and interim dean. And we finally have Dr. Fosheng, who starts Wednesday next week. And then. When we came to school, we didn't currently have a president. They were in search. They hired a president, and um, he was in the seat for nine months. And then.
1: Uh, there was a tragedy involving him.
0: Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. Uh,
2: and place. then. So
0: that's, that's pretty upsetting.
2: Yeah. He got Dr. Cassier last August, and he's been in the position now for 10 months ish i don't know nine months
1: he seems to have some good ideas he seems to be open-minded listening to people so i think i think it's a good thing for the school overall and i I like Mm -hmm. that i would like to see the school succeed i would like to contribute to the school's success in the future i think it's only going to be a good thing
0: so and is this so is this current one going to remain for a while (laughs) yeah i think so this is (laughs) it's a hope (laughs) indefinite Mm mm-hmm Okay, not, mm-hmm. not just a temporary thing. All right. All right, guys. Well, this has been awesome learning about the school. Uh, let's wrap it up here, and I'd like to hear what you guys have to share for your tick picks. So this is just anything cool related to chiropractic or, or you know anything at all as a student that you find helpful or cool that you'd like to share. Andy, why don't you start us off?
1: Um, I've, really, I've really been into the clinical compass. I, I go there when I'm not paying attention to people in lecture um and look at guidelines look at papers and just find any anything that suits my fancy pretty much that's kind of like a recommendation for you know how long you should treat somebody or what you should use to treat somebody what you shouldn't use things like that
0: so yeah i haven't heard this and for anybody watching the youtube video i'm taking a look at the website now um so guide me through this like what how would you use this in clinic
1: Um, well, you would probably, I want to pull up the website too, to actually be sure. And I don't have it in front of me, but I would just face I mean, it's like a search based engine sort of thing. And you just, uh, find a condition and it has like a list of papers that come up that are relating to the condition and things like that.
0: All right. Let's try this. Okay. They don't like GERD. Um, I say frozen shoulder.
1: Yeah, that's probably more
0: musculoskeletal. Okay. Well, let's just look at the clinical guidelines. Um, okay, upper extremity. So it's a little more general than I thought. Yeah. Um, thoracic spine conditions, fibromyalgia, tendinopathy. Um, it's
1: it's being built. I do know that for sure. So it's definitely not complete by any stretch of the imagination.
0: All right. So this is a little more, a little newer. Yeah. Um, let's take a look here at neck pains. So it's just a PDF that you download, and it's got. Uh, some guidelines here that you can follow and it looks like it's you know based on the research lots of references in here which i appreciate so cool okay i'm gonna have to check that out and uh and learn more do you guys now that you're in the clinic do you guys have clinical guidelines that your clinic has established
1: uh well my doctor has me do things his way which he is i mean he's an extremely evidence-based doctor like he's he's definitely a pro as far as that goes but he wants me to treat his patients his way and i'm fine with that but yeah i understand they're still giving him the money so okay and and you know he treats them effectively so why not treat them his way so i mean it's he's uh, definitely a treat and release kind of doctor so it's you know six Six visits for your average, you know, uh, semi-acute musculoskeletal condition. Six visits reassess.
0: Hmm. Very by the book. Very. Yeah, very, very very, much so. Okay. Melissa, what's your tick pick?
2: So mine is a little more academically for the board. Uh, this is Cairo Resources. I found it before starting uh, part one. I, For the tech savvy, it's... Awesome, because you can have it on your iPhone, iPad, clearly I'm an Apple user, uh, okay. MacBook or a regular computer. And it has information for all the parts, part one, two, three, four, and PT. I found it. Oh, they changed the pricing on it. So it used to be $159. Now it's $139. Hey, get, um, so it's cheaper. Uh, unlimited access, and you have that for your entire career as a student. And I found that really fun. What's nice is when you're going through different radiology courses. If it's broken up into chest and abdomen tumors, arthropathies, you can set it up to quiz you for radiology. Ooh. And so can has, you?
0: Is this useful even if you're taking like? I was just in my bone pathology course for radiology.
2: You can use it as a resource for that as well to kind of give you a breakdown. I've just started going through the part four material, and uh-huh. it has a really nice breakdown for how to read the x-rays, how to look at them and judge whether it's a good quality film. So I, I'm i appreciating it from that aspect. And granted, I am a little slanted toward the radiology, but the information was really good. It has quizzes. It has matching games, which sometimes just to learn things you need to just Play, and that for me, I'm a kinetic learner, versus just uh, reading uh, Iron Gold or just reading the red books and memorizing. I need that. I don't know. Tactile. Congratulations, you got this question right.
0: Yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. Um, so, are there are there native iPhone and iPad apps, or is it you can just <sighs> access via the web?
2: They're working on creating those apps. Uh, as of right now, you just access it through the web.
0: Okay, very cool. That's good to know. Now that I've finished my boards, well, I've got two and three coming up, so I'll have to take a look into that. Um, yeah, I find it's very challenging to um, you know to study for boards. The, the best way that I've found is just practice tests, like having a book with questions and just going through them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll have to take a look at this. This sounds pretty cool. All right, well, my, my Tick Pick, uh, let me pull up here, is uh, the books and podcasts of Katie Bowman. You can find her at Katie Says. And she, Katie is a biomechanist up in the Washington area. And she's just big on posture... She doesn't like the word posture, she's all about alignment. So one of her first books was Alignment Matters, where she talks more rather than about posture and just static positions, she likes to focus on the loads of the muscles on the joints. Um, So she looks at it more in a dynamic, biomechanic way. Uh, and she came here recently to do a book tour for her more recent book called Move Your DNA. Uh, her basic thesis, I guess, is kind of based on the analogy of, of the orcas in captivity and how their, you know, their dorsal fin will bend over one direction because they're just swimming around in circles because they don't have those natural loads by swimming straight for miles and miles out in the ocean. And she equates that to our lives in, you know, as students, especially sitting throughout the day and just hunched over our notebooks and, or our iPads and iPhones really is what we're doing these days, right? So um, it just gives you a different perspective on how to move throughout the day. And she doesn't like exercise. She just likes movement. So you got to find ways to incorporate natural movement into your day-to-day. I uh, find it really interesting. So that's KatySays.com, and you can get her books on Amazon and all of that.
1: Sounds really interesting, actually. I'll probably take a yeah. look at that for sure.
0: And she has a podcast, which I think is called Katie Says as well. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can pull this up. Um, yeah, Katie Says with Katie, Katie Bowman. That's K-A-T-Y. Um, very, very fun. She, She's not shy about just speaking her mind. And so two recent podcasts were titled the boob show and then the balls show. <laughs> she was talking about those natural loads on our anatomy. Um, and if we're walking around wearing tight briefs, you are not getting the natural loads and that potentially can lead to problems. Um, so yeah, she was, now she, she's careful of not making outlandish claims. Uh, she, she's very well referenced as well and based in the evidence. So yeah. um, check it out. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for joining me late at night after a late night of classes. I appreciate uh, you coming on Exploring Chiropractic and sharing about Northwestern. Uh, any final words to share? Uh, any? Uh, do you, are you guys big on social media? You guys want people to follow you? Um. No,
1: I I do want to say, though, to anybody who is, you know, just considering chiropractic school or is new in chiropractic school or anything like that, that you should probably find a mentor as an established doctor, as a mentor, as soon as you possibly can. I know that people probably always tell you to go in shadow, and I didn't very often, but I have found a good mentor, thankfully, and I I don't know, I think that's going to be invaluable at this point, so really just an important thing to do. I think in the profession is find somebody who is willing to support and give back to the profession.
0: Alright. Thanks, Andy. Yep. Melissa, any, any words of wisdom?
2: Uh, kind of to tag off Andy's, but be cautious when finding a mentor if they <laughs> require you to pay for it. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, because that leads you down a path of being obligated and keyhold into something that you don't even know. So be cautious of your mentor choices, just from watching some students get into something as first trimester students, and then now as T8s, they're realizing they wanted nothing to do with it in the first place, and they spent thousands of dollars, so they feel like they have to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, good things to keep in mind. Well, thanks again for joining me on Exploring Chiropractic. If you are watching the YouTube video, all of these episodes are also available in podcast form. You can download the audio via iTunes or any other podcast app that you might have and take it with you on the go. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Exploring Cairo or look for us on Facebook, Exploring Chiropractic and check out ExploringChiropractic.com or you can use the contact form and get in touch with me if you'd like to share about your school and uh, give me your feedback. Let me know what else we can talk about. What else will be helpful for those of you thinking of chiropractic school? So thanks again, Andy and Melissa, for joining me on Exploring Chiropractic. We'll talk to you later.
1: Thank you.